Gaming on the Frontier. This is Bruce. This is Trav. And this is Jonathan. Welcome to Gaming on the Frontier, your podcast of being thrown out of the kingdom, out of the world, out of everywhere, just because you don't fit in. <laughs> well, that hit personally. Yeah. <clears throat> so why am I on this multi-day hike again? Mm. Welcome to Gaming on the, on the Frontier. This week we are talking about why did you take up the adventuring life anyways? It's that old phrase, I didn't choose the adventuring life. It, adventuring, adventuring life, life chose, chose me. me. <laughs> yes. Oh. Everybody always wants you to like create a backstory about why you did what you did, why you became who you were. You know, And one of the biggest problems, which is usually just hand-waved away, is why did you become an adventurer? Because, you know, some GMs, they don't even create the world until people create characters for it. Because that, or at least the backstories, because then they use that to build in all the different things that are, you know, the, the little fiddling details that make all the difference into their, their story world. And it's a good trick for GMs to do that. Okay, so we're going to talk about how it was that everybody else around you is a well-rounded, grounded, you know, you know, going to be a, a Cooper like dad and granddad and everybody else and get married to the girl, a street, you know, a street away in the church, you know, have that one point uh, or actually two point five kids because it's middle it may be the middle ages right you know <laughs> or you can have that you can adopt that uh that droid you know that looks just like a kid until you prove you're good enough and the government allows you to have a real flesh and blood kid the standard stuff that you're you know uh that the, everybody else in your world does you know but for some reason you don't and this is what and we're going to talk about why that is so trap why don't you start us off Something is wrong with a part of the world. It could be something just about society or the politics or the powers that be. Economy could be an issue. Something is not right with the world you're in. You're saying that it's not you, it's the world. Yes, you want to change. You want to be the force of change in the world, the change agent, as it were. Okay, all right. So, uh, all right. So you're, you're, that, that's a very generalized response, which is great. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so basically we, we looked at this and we broke it down into like a number of categories. They said the reasons would fall under social, political, legal, economic, or a MacGuffin. Okay. And, uh, you know, we'll, and Jonathan can talk about that. So, and, and yes, you know, you, the, the various things you mentioned kind of fall in those categories. So, uh, let's just start with the, um, the first one under social. Okay. The character is a loner and cannot work within the society. 
you know, for somebody, you know, for all the people that cry out that they're ADHD, you can imagine back in the day when, or in the future or whatever, where they don't, they don't care about things like that. They just say, well, you're just wrong. <laughs> and you had to somehow come to terms with trying to fit into a, a society that just literally wouldn't accept you. Then uh, the adventuring life is a possibility. Now, it's not to say that you don't have any like social issues with the other adventurers. I mean, you could be a single you know, I mean, you could be just the one, the, what is it, you know, uh, you know, the, the man in the wilderness, you know, what, there's, there's been a number of movies about one guy living alone out, you know, my side of the mountain. Oh, heck, there's the old TV show. I don't know if Jonathan would remember. I know you do. The Life and Times of Grizzly Adams with Dan Haggerty and Denver Pyle. Right. The original Uncle Jesse from the Duke's Hazard. Yeah, that was a perfect example. He I would also him. argue that, um, Oh, uh, that MacGyver falls into this category because you notice that he doesn't seem to have any relationships that last. Yeah, yeah, mm. he was just yeah, yeah. I mean, one of the one of the advantages of being somebody who basically just flits all over the world is is that you know you as long as you can t you can speak the language, uh, you know you don't have to put down any roots. You don't have to. Yeah create any bonds as long you know you just have to be very good at what it is that you do and people are willing to pay you for it so yeah so there's you know so a lot of times you know the reason you become an adventurer is because you can do it by yourself you know and there's a ton of anime out there where you know and and, uh, and there usually is a kai okay which is where someone gets transferred from another universe or reborn into a world, and all this, and and literally wake up one day, and they're on a new world, and they have to make a living, and they don't know nothing, okay? But then they go down town, and it turns out there's an adventurers guild, which sounds, of course, very, very uh, enticing. It's very lurish, uh, and uh, they go in there, and it says, "Oh yeah, we'll give you money for going on these quests." You know, well, what's give me an example of quest? Well, you're a beginner, so you go out. The, you know, there, we always have a problem with slimes coming in and, and and destroying crops. So if you can go in and kill fifty slimes, then we'll give you X amount. Okay, <laughs> off you go. You know, as soon as you figure out what you know whether you have something that can kill a slime or not. So, and there's, there's dozens and dozens of, of anime and manga that use that as their very the basic premise for you know how how it all starts, and then of course it develops from there. So, uh, can you, uh, Jonathan? Can you tell me some jobs that are uh, you know we're using the word adventurer, but can you tell me uh, uh, how about some jobs that would be like that? Um, well, the one that always came to my mind was like the, 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 the bounty hunter having to comb the wilderness to find the escaped convicts. Okay. Um, that's a good one. Yeah. And another one that usually comes to mind is along the same lines is just an escort or a, 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 a guide a guide or tracker. Yeah. Okay. Not so. necessarily having to get involved in combat themselves, but usually just helping you know, pilgrims or or who or traders find their way through a not so settled area. Okay, so everywhere, everything from a 
caravan guard to mm-hmm. you know the the person who literally you know just says we need to go this route and cross over that hill by you know next next uh full moon otherwise we're going to be we're you know we're going to have to camp on this side of the mountains because we'll die if we go up any later yeah. and get caught in a blizzard the kind of people the donner party wish they had yes yes yeah okay yeah or, or I think rather had listened to. I think they had guys. They just didn't listen to them. <laughs> you know, as as much as as people like to talk about how the captain is always right, captains of ships are actually very social people. You know, they 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 rely upon the loyalty and uh, you know and and the obedience of the people under them. So that's not yeah. what we're talking about here. So uh, the person I was thinking about was a trapper. Uh, there was a for mm-hmm. a period of time, and by that I mean like a, at least a hundred years uh, in uh, Russia, uh, they would go out. Uh, there was this group of guys; they were all men uh, that would go out into the wilderness, and especially out uh, along the um, uh, uh, the Arctic Ring, you know, to various islands and things like that. And they would kill and bring uh, and trap and bring back as many fur-bearing creatures as they could, uh, their skins, of course, uh, just leaving their meat to rot. And, yeah, um, yeah. and they would be do this by themselves. And, you know, and they would, and they, they would bring it all back every year. They would bring it back to the, these towns that existed solely for the purpose of uh, servicing these gentlemen Okay, and uh, at which point they would bring it in. Somebody would go and look at them, give them, tell them how much they're going to give them for it. They accept the money uh, because you know, generally there was just one. You know, there was a set price, you know, yeah. and um, and at which point they would then in the next two weeks they would drink, eat, gamble, and entertain themselves until they were poppers again. And then, at which point they you know, usually they would put a little bit aside at the very beginning, you know, for their stock, like their pemmican, you know, their uh, you know their, their supplies, all the yeah. supplies they ain't gonna need for the next year. And when they're all when they're finally done, and and, and the and the uh, uh, innkeeper basically just takes them and throws them out onto the street because they have no money, they're not gonna stay there anymore. They pull themselves up, drag themselves over to the uh, the big warehouses where the you know the furs guys are and grab their sledge and drag it out of town and that's and they do it again and again and again this went on for like a hundred years you know it was of course decimated entire (laughs) entire species of fur-bearing creatures in the north by the way so we're not advocating it but we're saying but that was that was a real thing because uh, the the fur was so beautiful and so soft and warm and and believe me, people the rich people who lived in the north always wanted to be warm. So they 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 were willing to pay a high price, and so the, literally towns existed to service these guys. And of course, you know when they were out, if they ran across each other, it was a you know it was a uh, live or die situation, because you know generally speaking they didn't get along with each other and they would just kill each other and rob each other of their uh, of, of their holdings uh, of their stockpiled yeah. furs wow look at all these furs i found i, I found yes absolutely mm-hmm. so I you know, you could be the worst possible person in the world and be extremely successful so yeah. you know i don't mm-hmm. know if they had territories or what but you know i just but that was that was a, a, a and and that person could arguably be called an adventurer 
And yeah. you, you kind of had a, a similar dynamic with like the Frontier Miners. I was just thinking the, the because you mentioned Bruce those towns that were there specifically to service these furriers. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. The Gold Rush in California, eighteen forty nine, and yeah, no. These All those towns that were on the jumping off point into the wilderness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, 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 f- funny statistic is is that they brought five million dollars uh, worth of gold out of uh, the uh, California gold rush. Uh, do you know how much money people spent to go and get that gold? I'm going to lean towards six million. No, it was five. <laughs> it was oh, almost okay. the same amount. So <laughs> the people that the people that really made uh, made made bank were the ones that went out, struck it rich, you know. Uh, and uh, and then came back and and as you said went back to one of those uh, those towns or mining towns or whatever set themselves a business like a saloon or or something yeah. or bought a sawmill and started uh, doing something else besides being a miner. You know, that used was, their initial gains to fund a business that catered another enterprise. Other, <laughs> yeah, they had some legs that actually could last because you know the gold rushes they didn't last very long. No. Same with the silver rushes in, like, Nevada. No. Exactly. Just, yes. They were finite resources, so after a while, you had to have something else to go on. Yeah. So if you're a character that, you know, you cannot work within the society, you know, I mean, you know, because you're just, you know, mean, you know, mean as a as a one-eyed uh, junkyard dog or, uh, you know, you just just have just lack the ability to socialize or just don't want to, you know, because I mean, some people basically just feel they're better than everybody else. And they're just not going to deal with anybody. And if you're rich, you know, they can put you away in a little room, you know, and, and, uh, and, and, and let you do that. But if you're not, then you're going to pretty soon find yourself living in a ditch. So you might as well be an adventurer, go after those things that are very valuable what do we say these days about people like that? Yeah, I don't like that area. It's too people Yeah. <laughs> well, there was a saying uh, at one point that if you could see, uh, uh, if you could see the smoke from your neighbor's uh, chimney, they were too close, and you had to move. And people would go off and move further out into the wilderness and make a new farm. These are for farmers and 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 ranchers. Yeah. So until you ran out of land, okay, or you ran, or you ran into, you know, uh, Native Americans who didn't didn't feel like they should accommodate you, right? Yeah, I, I was was thought that they should all be like being funneled up to Canada, you know, because it seemed like that was much more of a possibility. But I don't know enough about. I, I was, you know, I was amazed at how many uh, Native American tribes are in North and South Dakota. I mean, half of those states are are actually uh, reservation land. Yeah, yeah, it's like they didn't start there; they were forced. Oh yeah, there. I know, but I'm just saying it's it's to me. I had no idea that there was that there was so much, you know. So I could see where you could literally keep moving away, moving away until you either hit an ocean, couldn't go any further, or you ran into somebody else who's pushing you back the other direction. So yeah. So anyway, so that's uh, that's that's the character is a loner trope, you know, against the social. Okay, uh, Jonathan, you have another one. Uh, something that can be kind of similar is that they um, they 
they fill a role in society that doesn't let them do what they want to do. And it's, it's, you know, they, they, you know, maybe due to birth or, um, circumstance, you know, they, they are, you know, like the one that comes to mind is like, if you have a caste system, you know, they're a serf. Yeah. They are not allowed to own anything, but I really want to own my own little blacksmithy and I can't convince my Lord to let me, you know, become a blacksmith or apprentice to one, but I really want to do it. Or a, maybe a better definition would be a, a serf who really wanted to be a knight. Right. That's a good example, which uh, was the whole knight's tale, right? Yeah. Or part of Holy Grail. I don't want to rule. I just want to sing. Stop it. There are no singing in the castle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, and the one I was thinking of was Tarzan. Yeah. He grows up in, you know, uh, in, in the Congo, you know, in, in deepest, darkest Africa. They discover, you know, he, he discovers them. They discover him, you know. He, they end up uh, realizing that he's Lord Greystoke, who's been missing, of course, for 20 years. They take him back to England, and they're all like, well, now you need to take over all of your responsibilities because you're Lord Greystoke. You know, you're the heir to the Greystoke you know, holdings and everything else like that. And he's like, in the books, he's like, okay. But anytime that he had, any anytime he wanted to, he would take off back to Africa. In the yeah. movie version with uh, Christopher Lambert, he just leaves. He just <laughs> blows it off and says, enough, I'm out of here. And he goes back to Africa because, you know, they can't stop him. Yeah. But yeah, that's but so he, he essentially becomes an adventurer be by uh you know but because he chose to because you know the the um, his social position did not allow him to be a uh you know an adventurer. Another thing that comes to mind is like uh is sticking with like that Victorian era the you know the great white hunters who wanted to leave behind, you know, jolly good England and go hunt all manner of beasts on the African. Oh, plains. so kind of like, uh, uh Sean Connery, Alex mm, Quartermain. Uh, Alan Quartermain. Yes. Yeah. Like I, I get it. I'm a Lord. I, I should be staying here and managing my, my, uh, my lands, well, but you, you know what? I just want to go shoot big giant lions. So we have both the people that are, um, you know, as, they basically either you know somebody above them in the social ladder says no you can't do it okay you know you have to go do something that i've ordered you to do and you literally have to escape your life or the other way around where it's like say you have responsibilities that prevent you from being an adventurer you have to be here you need to you know uh it, it's yeah, I, I go back to anime because there's so many different ones, but there's one called um, the uh, uh, the is it like the smart guy saves the kingdom, the real the realist, the realist saves the kingdom, and you know here's a guy that's basically being pulled as a hero from another world, oh, and I think I know he spends yeah. most of his time basically because he understands modern things like accounting and uh, and and bookwork and, and corporate structure and things like that, he he basically starts reordering the kingdom's economic things and stuff like that. He spends most of his time basically doing 
paperwork. Yeah, like they thought they were going to summon this great, you know, strong adventuring hero like a Hercules or an Achilles. Yeah. And they get the ultimate administrator. Right. They get the CDPA. But yeah. he's also the one, basically he's the one they need, not the one they wanted. Because they wanted somebody that would come in and basically go to the next kingdom over and conquer it and bring all their good stuff back to feed this, the, the original kingdom. Of course, making the other kingdom destitute. Okay. Yeah. And he said, no, I'm not going to do that one. I'm going to fix this kingdom. More than one person. Again, if you go back to, uh, 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 you go back to Russia, okay, they, uh, you had this situation where you had like four sons, you know, and uh, the first one is going to inherit. So that yeah. person cannot become an adventurer, at least in, in the eyes, you know, in the eyes of society and, of course, their family, all right? At, at most, they can do some minor little meaningless, very low-risk adventure, but... Just if, if if like fame and glory is important to in the society, but uh, yeah, otherwise they're going to be kept very safe. The yeah. sec yeah, the second one uh, joins the army, and and therefore brings glory to the family. Therefore becomes an adventurer by doing so in that way. And if and if he goes and conquers any lands, which by the way happen all the time, you go and. Grab your guys together and say, we're going to go conquer this. Okay, they go over, they conquer the land, they lose most of their guys, of course, but they conquered it. Okay, the border's now redrawn, all right? You know, come back, big celebration, you get a promotion, you get land granted to you, not on the border, you know, and, and, and then you go turn around and go and administer that land. All right, well, meantime, the other side has recouped. They come in, they retake their land and maybe a little bit more okay same thing happens on the other side now of course they have there's, there's room for a new hero to come up and restore the the borders to what they should be and maybe a little bit more and it goes back and forth like this and this is how all the set the uh the second born of all the uh nobility uh or high high caste or whatever of russia that's that's what they did you know, you went into the army to become a uh, an important person. Okay, third one joined the church, and you may not think that's an adventuring kind of thing, but you know, if hey, you, hey, you, hey, there are them, you know, quote unquote, ignorant savages that need to find out about the you know the good Lord and His teachings. That's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. And 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 to give their you know, give their tithe back to the church, you know? Yeah. There's those ignorant heathens within our own lands who need to be tithing more. That's right. But, yeah, you know, oh, yeah. putting that aside, just the fact that if you can turn an entire area to, to you know, to, uh, to being faithful believers, you know, that's glory back to your family. And yeah. it usually, you know, it's a very dangerous profession, you know, depending upon how it's done. I mean, yeah. you... Cue, cue the... Cue the meme where it's the plane with all the arrows on the underside of it going, yeah, I think we need to leave this tribe alone. They don't want to be converted. Yeah. Exactly. You know, usually, yeah. you know, yeah. these trips to, to convert countries, uh, we're at the point of a sword. Yeah. So, and, uh, you know, and the priest was there to, to, to teach them the proper ways and, and, yeah. and, 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 and to show them the truth and to give them better lives, you know, because, but see, then your soul is saved and, you know, so forth. Upon penalty of death, yeah, yeah. All right. Then the fourth child—that was the—that was the real, 
you know, that was the one that most often would go into the true adventuring. Uh, if your family was rich, they would buy you a position somewhere, like uh, a judgeship, you know, in, in some town or a village, or not village, but something you know, large enough to have a judgeship, and you'd be administering people's disputes. For a living, that's what you did. Okay, and that was a great job because, of course, there's a lot of bribery that goes into this kind of work, you know, and it's oh, a good thing. Okay. So uh, if it was, if it's not that, then, uh, yeah. you know, maybe, uh, uh, maybe, again, maybe somebody can, like, buy you a, uh, a position, you know, like I said, in somebody's political scheme or... They could actually give you some money and you could start a business. But generally speaking, no. Uh, it has to have some status beyond that of a... Con you know. So that was number four. Anything after that, you're screwed. <laughs> you're, you're basically the spare. Yeah. Yeah. So you're sitting around, you know, but that could be good too. Quietly, quietly meekly hoping one of your older brothers somehow is removed from the picture actually your job is to marry the rich ugly daughter of a uh industrialist yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> be a playboy and attract a, attract the eye of of the rich richest maiden in the in the in the nearest Land. area yeah. yeah you know do whatever job dad wants you to do <laughs> meanwhile we're still plotting that you know, your your older brother somehow, oh, I don't know what happened. He tripped and fell off this cliff. Uh, yeah, I'm now second born. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm we're, 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 we're assuming the, the most positive thing. <laughs> okay. You know, yeah, there's, there's plenty of stories uh, about uh, people who work very hard to go from position number five to position number one. So, yeah. Okay, so that's that. Those are the where the social position prevents you from doing that. And of course, if you, you know, if you happen to be female, yep, forget it. No, yep, you're usually there to marry somebody. Okay, that's usually your that's that's your your path. And and there are a lot of women. Well, a lot. You know, there uh, there are some very notable women who did not go that path. One of the ones was one of the people who made rich big in the gold rush and made herself a nice big hotel and became one of the richest women, you know, in that area who's all, and was also a person of color. Okay, there's a number of pirates, pirate captains. Or Mary Kidd, I think her name was, was one of them. I don't know their, I don't remember their names. Yeah. What I'm just saying is that, you know, you don't, if you don't want that life, then it's going to be hard for you to have another one. Uh, but uh, it can happen. You know, you can, you know, be, being an adventurer, you, you have to strike out. And uh, because otherwise, you know, so your life is planned yeah. out. You know, they, they, everyone knows exactly, unfortunately, you know, and, and we, we at Gaming on the Frontier do not, <laughs> promote this idea of gender segregation of job no, opportunities. No, 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 no. Uh, but I'm just saying it historically, yeah. unfortunately, you know, women, you know, sometimes, but occasionally it turned out really well. Like, you know, uh, again, some of the czarists of uh, Russia did very well for themselves, you know. And of course, if you've watched the show Bridgerton on Netflix, 
which is a uh, fantasy version of England where uh, the king of England marries uh, a woman of color and suddenly uh, everybody can be a, a lord and lady. And it's a great thing. <laughs> so, uh, but there were, it was very hard if you didn't want to become that person. What, one of the things you could do was you could become a writer, uh, usually under a pseudonym. And, uh, and 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 dish dish the dirt on your entire social level, uh, or don't write poems and things like that. So. I'm I'm reminded because there was one like one of the most most successful uh, pirates uh, in Asia was uh, I think it was I want to I, I want to pronounce it as Zingyi Sao was a female pirate, pretty much the female pirate queen. Okay. Of, uh, and uh, active in the the South China Sea in like the early 1800s. And I, I believe you. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and then I, that's I, the thing. Like she, she was a female out of you know, I think out of China, and I think she was a courtesan who basically married her way into becoming the pirate queen. And. And that's where, then that's where she really made a name for herself was kicking butt in the you know China Sea as a pirate. That sounds great. Okay, so uh, now I'm glad you mentioned uh, uh, about marrying your way, whatever, because one of the main one of the big reasons for becoming adventure is because somebody else is an adventure and you're in love with them. You know, people say that they will do anything for love, even leave their family, leave their hearth, go off into the, the great unknown because they're in love with this swashbuckling adventurer and want to be with them. Literally, I, I don't know a whole I mean, again, you know, manga and, 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 and anime has tons of it. But I'm just saying is that it's, uh, if you have an adventuring profession... Then definitely, you know, you'd have to if you wanted to chase after somebody, you, you know, if you became in fashion, or Lord help you, <laughs> if some if the adventurer happened to come into town and says, hmm, I've got a I've got a thousand gold pieces, I need a spouse. Hey, you, you know, uh, uh, Cooper over there, uh, do you have any uh, uh, do you have any sons or daughters of uh, of age? Who you know would would be willing to marry me, and and you know and, and the Cooper says, well, your money's good, sir. So yes, <laughs> I will find one. I will find one, and all of a sudden you're off into the uh, the wilds, uh, you know, following along with this. So you don't actually even have to be in love with them to to do that, but it could be you know that kind of situation where you just suddenly find yourself off you go. Depending on yeah, depending on the culture and how much uh, say your your parents or or you know if you're an apprentice, you're how much your master has you know say over what you do with your life. Well, if you're an apprentice, that wouldn't happen because you're like locked in for like like nine years or something like that. So, uh, but presumably, but yeah, it again, it kind of depends on the culture. Whether is is apprenticeship. I am your student and will work for free until you, you know, deem me adequate. Or am I your outright slave and you just get to do say what you? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I know that in some cases you uh, apprenticeships have been bought off by somebody. 
basically the you know mm-hmm. yeah you know, yes he's because because apprentices uh you know they 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 enlarge your your fame by going off and saying I'm the I was the apprentice of so and so and I make beautiful whatever gold work you know horseshoes whatever it might be okay but in the meantime your labor basically your money coming in because you're doing work that the your master either couldn't do without you because he's only one person or you know uh, because he's sloughing it off on you so he can do things that are even more valuable. So therefore your labor has a value yeah. and somebody could come in and say, you know, we, we want him out of his contract uh, or her out of her contract and we're going to pay X amount. Um, right. This was actually uh, also true in America's where they had indenture servitude, uh, which was not slavery, yeah. uh, but you basically uh, were, you had a debt. That you had to pay off uh, under you know uh, con- certain conditions, and as soon as you paid off the debt, you were a free man or woman to do whatever you wanted to, you know, even continue to work for the person you were working for before. Uh, so, uh, but if somebody wanted wanted that person for whatever reason, uh, they could pay off your debt, and then you'd be free to go. And of course, if someone paid off my debt, I. I would probably be very interested in going along with them because they're obviously doing it because they have a job for me. And so, you know, you be, you become the, uh, uh, perhaps the cook, you know, of the adventuring party. Because all, all these are people that had their mommies cooking for them and uh, now they got out there in the woods and they find out nobody knows how to cook anything. These things happen. <laughs> You know, the adventuring lot, you know, unless you have an academy of adventuring, okay, these, there's these holes in your skill sets that you don't realize until afterwards. And all of a sudden they're running around saying, you know, what do we do? What do we do? And you've got movies like Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. You guys have been adventuring for two weeks. What have you guys been eating? Oh. Meat. Yeah. Basically burnt meat. Put it in the fire until <laughs> it's black. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Still, until it stops screaming, yeah. Charlie over there hasn't eaten anything for a week. He just keeps licking that frog. We don't know why. Oh, <laughs> licking toads, yeah. He's licking the toad and saying he's seeing God. Yeah, we we at Gaming on the Frontier do not advocate licking animals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for hallucinogenic or other purposes, yeah. Okay, but yeah, you mentioned earlier, Jonathan, that you know if your piece, if your particular PC is from a family of adventures, you are probably going to be expected to follow tradition. Oh yeah, yeah, you you could easily be born into a a a traveling band of adventurers, and you just kind of get stuck in that lifestyle with them. But they might have also gotten rich enough that they settled down, you know, decide to have a family. You. It's twenty. It's fifteen years later, twenty years later, and they're like, "Well, son, daughter, you know, time to go out and slay some dragons and make your own money. It's time for you to go out and, and, and enlarge the fame of our family name." And yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that no, this does not come as a surprise to anybody in that situation. But you know, uh, it, it, except in the case of the Izakai, where sometimes what happens is that they wake up with their knowledge. They're they basically. It, take over somebody's body and so they w- they wake up with the knowledge of the other world 
and they only have the most vestigial knowledge of the, of the family that they're in. And so all of a sudden people are like doing stuff like that to them and are like, I thought we were farmers. <laughs> I thought we were, you know, blacksmiths or, you know, uh, uh, you know, musicians. That's just our retirement gig. It's, it's always good to know an instrument when you're traveling. You can make money at almost any town you go to. Yeah, yeah. If somebody in the family has already, you know, like the the older brother or sister has has already gone out and made a name for themselves, then of course the pressure is really on, right? Well, that also just makes me think of like the, the Castlevania, like the Belmonts are known like vampire hunters. So every Belmont is expected to be this, you know, kick-ass vampire hunter. Yeah, it's a very good example. And, and, and one of the van, uh, the Belmonts is, is a is a alcoholic as a result of that, as I recall. <laughs> <laughs> Constantly trying to live up to that. It's too much pressure. Yes. Well, you know, you, you go out on a, on a couple adventure groups and you have a TPK, you know, Total Party Kill, uh, then all of a sudden you're like saying, you know, that growing crops doesn't sound so bad. Why did mom and dad want me to come out here anyways? Fame <laughs> and fortune, son. For, fortune and glory, yeah, like you said. Fortune and glory. Don't you want to marry the, the, the king? Daughter? Why is she gonna look? You know, why would she look uh, look at you if you don't have any? You haven't done anything of, of of worth, you know. No farmer gets to become gets to become king unless, of course, you, you know, you're playing a, uh, a a couple of video games where they start off as the farmer and they slowly work their way up to be the most powerful warrior of the realm. Uh, I'm I'm also thinking of um, I, I got reminded of it thanks to Baldur's Gate three, but the the Githyanki in D and D. And the premise being, you know, they're born on the prime material plane, but they want to go back to the astral plane where the center of their civilization is. But they're not allowed to do that until they kill a mind flare. Oh, okay. That's that's an ouch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't go, you know, to the, the our our people's homeland until you kill the one of the most dangerous creatures in the in the game. But it's also, you know, uh, the the racial enemy of. Uh, it is. I mean, yeah, it yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not arguing the 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 impetus, <laughs> but yeah, you kind of get the impression, and I think it 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 became more apparent when I was playing Baldur's Gate. Baldur's Gate Three is like you get the the impression that not too many get the Yankee make it back to the astral plane. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's like everybody else. There's uh, there's the, the people that finally made it, and there's a lot of people along the way who stopped. <laughs> Just said, this is far enough. This is good. I, I can live like this, you know. I mean, you get you get a couple million gold pieces under your belt. You start asking if you really do need to go to a whole nother world. <laughs> you know, I could I could just settle down with what I got now. Yeah, you probably can. You know, yeah, and that that was the ending to uh, Cutthroat Island, where you know the uh, the the daughter of the captain find you know finds his treasure that he's been hiding, and it just literally fills the boat. And she says, "says Tell you what, let's go and 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 take this treasure and and uh, fix up the the ship so it's the best one on the line with new new cannons and stuff, and and go out there and really you know uh, uh, and and you know." You know, get some some uh, some spoils for our own, and so and they're all like, "Nope, 
farming's good. <laughs> Literally, there comes a point where the money's so good that you don't want to lose it by getting killed. <laughs> why would I? Why would I go out and get killed by some animal when we're getting bumper crops and all this? Hey, I'm you know, yeah, yeah. It just the potential to possibly get more a lot, you know, like twenty times my yearly yield. But there's that whole death thing. Eh, I don't know. Yeah. Like seriously, what am I going to do with an extra twenty million gold pieces? I can do everything I want now with two million. Right, right, yeah. Right. Just more. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, of course, sometimes, you know, you are, uh, uh, something bad has happened to you. I mean, we, we talked a little bit of someone who was like, you know, psychologically just couldn't be around people. They had, you know, phobias or they were just, you know, socially, you know, mentally not good. Sometimes really bad things have happened to you and you're just, you know, you literally are looked on as cursed. Your society, basically, you know, or you are cursed, okay, and your society will basically just reject you. Um, uh, whether you're Elric, you know, with his uh, albino skin, or uh, you're on fire all the time but never consumed, or you have a face that could stop a clock, you know, uh, Medusa is a good example of this where, you know, literally she, everybody she looks at turns to stone. So of course nobody wants to be with her. So you may, uh, you know, you may be driven out by a desire not to be killed by your own society and, uh, and maybe go somewhere where, you know, you can live in peace, you know, and being an adventurer again, going thought taking those quests, coming in at night, cloaking your cloak around yourself and, and grabbing the, you know, the gnarled hand, grabbing the quest off the wall and putting it down and marking your mark and then disappearing into the night, you know, before anybody really sees you and, you know, and goes off and does it and collects your, your gold as you come back. I mean, it's, it may not be a pretty life, but it is a life and it is adventuring. Most half-orcs in fantasy games. The only thing they can do is adventure because, let's face it, usually nine times out of ten, the union that made that half work was not <clears throat> consensual. Well, yeah, we, we need to be, we need to be gentler with that because I, I I actually ran an entire module where the the whole premise of one group was they were all a whole bunch of half orcs and it was one really strong charismatic female orc who was basically grabbing up all the dwarves in the area and 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 having a polygamous marriage with them and producing a ton of half orcs. <laughs> half orc, half dwarf. Okay, wow. In, in this particular thing, all offspring from an orc were orcs, half orcs. Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah. Right. They just weren't half human, they were half dwarven. Uh, so yeah. But yeah, they were and because she thought the dwarves were stronger than humans and therefore better, be, you know, better mates to produce stronger children. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it, so they don't have to be, you know, it doesn't have to be like we always see where, you know, they come in and, and they're, you know, doing terrible things. I mean, th that shunned by, bo shunned yeah, by always... both humans and orcs, they have only one choice but to. <laughs> go out in the wild and claim fortune and glory. Yeah. It's always fun to play with those tropes and, and to, to subvert them. But yeah. Yeah. And, and they do a lot of that on Facebook and various groups. <laughs> they, you know, they, 
they they love doing that. You know, uh, there's a whole group called uh, Wholesome Monster Girls. <laughs> this is where we, this is where we insert the pod safe R and B because Marvin Gaye's "Let's Get It On" we get us busted. Yeah. Every monster you can imagine, there's a female version of it, you know, and there's some guy that just loves her to death, you know, and and uh, and they're they're happy, happy. Hot flare chicks are just one village away from you. It's like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're Jonathan snickering back there. Well, I'm snickering because I was actually about to bring up that there there's another version of that. Uh, I've it's been popping up on my Facebook uh, feed of, and I, I can't remember the the group it's coming from, but it's it's a repeating series of comics of a mind flare that's just super nice. It's still, oh yeah, it's still yeah. kind of uh, curt and short with you, but all these, and it's always female adventurers coming into his dungeon, and he's like, "Look at you! Stop! Now that I've caught you, it's time to make you a ni- make you a nice outfit so you don't freeze to death." I'm going to make you an outfit so you're not cold. I'm going to make you some hot chocolate. I'm going to give you some food. Now, now go out. Go away. You turn, Just go out the door, turn left. You'll be out the dungeon in five minutes. You're not going to suck my brain? No, why would I want to do that? <laughs> he says, I just want to live in peace. Yeah, I just want you to stop coming in here. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he, he really is. He's, he's the sweetest guy in the world. He's like, he's like the grandpa you always wish you had. Well, it's 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 sort of like, but with an octopoid head, and yeah, yeah. But he's, he's sort of it. I, I I've always interpreted it as he is the antisocial nice guy. He does not want to deal with people, but he will. He do, won't be mean to them. Yeah, he will. He will actually be kind to you in the hopes that it will make you not want to come back. Yeah, because if he kills people, then they then more adventures show up to kill him, and it's just more trouble. Right, you know, and so, anyways, yeah, great. All right, so let's move on to the polit, you know, the the uh, basically the uh, the people who become uh, adventurers because of political reasons. The most obvious one is is that you're living in a country whose political structure you hate, and you have to leave, you know, because there's no place, you know, in you're not willing to engage in this society because you consider it to be just wrong. Whether whether you're you know you, you consider it to be bourgeois or yeah. whether you, you everybody's you you've got the 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 the, the you know the uh, opulent rich and the crushing poor and you're just not going to support it with your labor, you know by and 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 support it by being part of the system. So instead, you're at the most you're going to do is be on the outliers. You know you're going to go out and you're going to you know, find, you know, make a living doing things that are for the benefit of all, all, and not just for that elite group that is ruling the, ruling the country. Right. You you don't want to live in the monarchy anymore. So you want, you're just going to get out of it. And bonus points, if you are a member of the monarchy. Yes. Especially if you already are. Yeah. But if you're not, it's also fair. It's also fair because, you know, you, they're keeping you from rising, you know, caste systems, you know, there are even today there are lots of countries with caste systems that are just terrible to the people who are at the lowest level. Where unless the person from the higher caste will allow them to be brought before a judge, you can't even bring them before a judge. Making the cats, the you know the the the, uh, the cat catchers or whatever, you know, you know putting putting the mice you know as guards uh, in the cheese house, whatever it's. You know, 
so yeah, you you may not want to live in that bigger kind of political structure, which means there's only a few. You have to look for ways of of um, you know uh, of earning a living because obviously you still have to eat and drink. You know, you could become a uh, a, a revolutionary against it, but we're assuming that you want to become an adventurer instead, which means you have to say where you know where you know you have to go out into the wilds, like either go out into the unsettled, you know, in D&D, in &D, they talked about how when you became a knight, you know, 10th level fighter or mage or whatever, you know, then they, the king or the powers of be would send you out to establish a tower keep castle uh, on the edge of the territory in the un, you know, the wildness, you know, that was always surrounding these these medieval kingdoms. Perhaps, would you say, Bruce, a keep on the borderlands? Yeah. Yes, yes, maybe so. And <laughs> therefore, you would then, you know, and, and, you know, and then, of course, you were expected to pay tribute back to the king or whatever like that. But the point is, is that these wildernesses existed, so therefore you could go out into those wildernesses and, you know, uh, find your fortune, uh, either through just going out there and trying to raise up a, a new nation. A vassal state, as it were, yeah, try. You know, under the premise that all men and women are created equal, uh, ah. whether regardless of what their outward appearance might be, okay, uh, as, a, as, a, as a counterpoint to the, uh, the monarchy that you just left, okay, or you could just go out there and kill dragons and orcs and take their treasure, because you're assuming that they got that by ill got by basically preying upon the people of the kingdom, and of course the people who have the most money to be preyed upon are the aristocracy and the merchants and yeah. so forth, the very people you despise. So, you know, and then you can decide at that point whether you want to be Robin Hood or you just want to, you know, just be happy that your your the money you got has been. Taken uh, justice has been served, uh, and also the, that money is not going back to those lords and ladies and, and so forth. Oh, I gotta keep it. I don't know who all it went to, so I get well. You know, I found it. It's mine. Yeah, right. yeah. If it's in coinage, it's marked. We can always just melt it down into ingots. Yeah, right. Yeah. Finders keepers. Yeah. Right, because you know David Bowie when in the Man Who Fell to Earth, you know the way he was able to pay for himself was. Uh, uh, he had a bag full of gold wedding rings, just simple gold bands. Oh, okay. And he would go into a pawn shop and, and sell one saying, you know, I, sorry, I, I guess I got to sell this. And the guy's like, oh, yeah, you know, I understand. You know, hard times and give him whatever amount. Now he had the money he needed for the next week. And, you know, most towns had a lot of pawn shops. <laughs> so, and that's how he... Uh, that that's that's how he was able to go from place to place and nobody and leave no trail, you know, paying for everything in cash. Yeah. And not looking like he had a lot of money on him, and nobody ever questioned where he got all those gold rings because they never saw them. Yeah, yeah. Unlike carrying a big bag of gold over your shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, D and D, it's always ridiculous. It's like, like, yeah, I've got a hundred gold pieces. You know, that means that you have ten pounds of gold. Yeah, <laughs> that's a lot of. That's, you know, that's 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 you know, 
and of course, you know, you talk about your, you know, we were talking before the thing started, your alternate reality, you know, your different universe. Well, there's this one universe where all the, all the coinage, you know, is one-tenth of a pound, okay, per coin, okay. They're worth different things because they're made out of different metals, but they all weigh the same amount, and they all fill the same amount of, of, of size, yeah. So, and you get, I said, that's got to be some really diluted gold pieces is what I'm saying. It's that big, but it's not so big. But according to, according to the game, D&D, &D, it's uh, they're pure, you know, uh, you know, uh, beautifully burnished gold pieces. You yeah. Know, gold all the way through. One tenth of a pound, each gold piece. So, <laughs> all right. And not, not the, uh, you know, not the, Three four thousand dollars that that they are in the real world. So, okay, uh, all right. So they don't want to be there. Then there's another thing, which is is that um, maybe the PC doesn't like somebody in power, but they can't remove that person, and they don't want to replace that person with themselves, and they can't or they can't put the person of choice that they want. So they. They have to leave. They have to basically. They have to leave because they, you know, they're at, they're at odds with the political structure, and you know maybe they'll become. They could just become an expat, you know. If they're rich, you know, they could go over to the next country over and just live in a city and and live a normal life as an expat. But they chose instead to be an adventurer, probably so they could raise enough money. And enough, you know, uh, and or become powerful enough that they can then come back and uh, bankroll the campaign necessary to replace the people in power that they don't like. Because as we all know, it takes money to to elect people. Mm -hmm. Historically, you just paid somebody to to put your person in power. You know? Yeah. Well. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you just bought. You would buy a, you know, a, not a dukedom, but you might buy a, uh, a, oh, a, a council, a chancellor post, or something like that. Yeah. You know, uh, and it took a lot of money to do that. So, uh, but you could do it. And if somebody was already in that position, you just had to pay more than, you know, their family. I guess you know. So, eventually, someone's going to say, you know, I, I'm willing to take that money from you. <laughs> so. Yeah. That looks heavy. Let me let me carry it for you. Yes, uh, you you are a you you and the person you recommend are a great asset to our country. So you know it's uh, and there you are. But the point is, is, you have to go and earn that money, either by becoming a mercenary and and conquering another kingdom or another area, or go out in the wilderness and, and slay dragons and take their hordes, or you know, becoming a mine. You know, uh, uh, you know, finding some place that has you know, uh, iridium or something like that, and uh, mining that out of out out of the uh, uh, fairy toadstools or whatever you might need to do in order to, you know, uh, get the wealth or the power that you needed in order to affect the change that you wanted. Then you become you know that's the long term goal. In the short term, you're probably just you know, doing the normal. You know, questing. You know, you know whatever whatever quest somebody is willing to pay you, but uh, it's always with the idea of becoming powerful and experienced and, and influential. 
because the more people that you do quests for, the more people that owe you one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Even if they pay you, they still kind of owe you. If nothing else, there are contacts that you might be able to, to use to build a network to build an army or supply an army or whatever you need. It's always good to network. Right. So if you get a whole bunch of people who are in power, who are on your side, then you can affect. You say, well, we, I need to put this guy into power. And they're like, OK, we'll vote for him or whatever. You know, we'll. And 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 then you do it again and again and again, and, and and then you have a majority, and then now you have sweeping change. Everyone's like, "How did that happen? All of a sudden, it didn't happen all of a sudden? You know, it took time, but somebody had to basically making it a good uh, a good deal for you for for them to agree with the adventurer. You know, there's always the dragon quest where you go out kill the dragon and you become the crown prince, right? Marry the daughter. You remove this threat from the kingdom. Here, have one of my kids. Wait, whoa, Dad, whoa, wait a minute. And then, and then you have the then you have the daughters that fight over them. Yeah, yeah that's true. Like, or the sons. Not that there's anything wrong with any of that, folks. Just, yeah. This was a little hard to write because I was trying to say that they, you want to become an adventurer. You feel the desire to go out and kill things, okay, <laughs> for their values. You know, I mean, because let's let's be real about it. Most adventuring involves slaying something at some point. Um, but you look at your own country and you see that your country is always at war with somebody. I mean, your country is very aggressive. You know, your country, you know, is, is, is just basically a bully and picks on other countries in order to enlarge themselves or... They're a conscientious objector. And so, yes, they're a conscious objector. They don't want to become part, again, they don't want to become part of the system that's oppressing other people. And so they become an adventurer because they're still, rather than becoming a soldier, you know, uh, uh, or a attack mage or a, a, a combat cleric or any other terms that you might use for these kinds of things, they're going to go out and basically do the same thing, but they're going to do it in the adventuring life, you know, going after yeah, these no. things, you know. Uh, We're not going to kill soldiers in a nation, but that dragon, your days are numbered. Yeah. Uh, what's what's uh, 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 the the big, you know, the, basically the, the big giant uh, cow that it strikes you dead if it looks at you? Cow? Wait a minute. <laughs> what is this? Now? I think a catabolus or something. Yeah, I think I know what you're it's got like a, a neck like a brontosaurus. It's a cow, and either it breathes on you or looks at you, and you, and it, it, you, you have to make a death save or just drop dead. Cataplepus. Okay. All right. Yes. C-A-T-O-B-L-E-P-A-S. Okay, I've heard of that. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in the best. Yeah, you know, one of those one of those monsters that never shows up in any published modules, you know, and nobody ever... It's it's just it's just really a wilderness encounter thing. Yeah. You have to have to real you have to have a real wilderness to run into one of these things because you know that if anything real like that actually existed anywhere near any kind of civilized area, yeah, settled area, they would they would hunt it down and kill it. Yeah, and and sometimes you know you do um, you think that maybe they should your country should be exerting pressure. On neighboring countries, like you think that, you know, you, you know that that this other country is doing bad things, and but your country is ignoring it because of reasons, 
and you feel like, again, I don't want to be part of that political structure that turns the blind eye to the suffering of our neighbor's people, so I'm going to go out and find ways of, 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 of helping them outside of the current, you know, the official political structure. So, yeah. So those are all political reasons, okay? Um, let's see here. Uh, we got uh, the PC is an heir to a position and is fleeing assassination. <laughs> that could happen. Yeah, I'm the, 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 the lost heir who's, whose uncle, you know, took the throne and is trying to make sure that all the former king's heirs are eliminated and you know, your PC is the one that escaped into the night, and yeah, right. So now you, you're under an assumed identity, and of course, if, you know, any, and anybody that you make contact with, you know, if you settle down anywhere, then then once it was learned who you were and someone recognized you, then then uh, they anybody you cared about would be used, you know, as to extort stort behavior out of you or to find you and kill you you know and, and eliminate you so yeah there's th that and that happens actually a lot <laughs> so uh, uh, uh at least in a lot of the chinese dramas that i've seen that was uh, effectively the the basic premise uh, uh or at least the starting premise i should say of one of my favorite novels was the the belgariad by david and lee eddings okay i've heard of that yeah, yeah. The, the final political thing, which is the PC is just so powerful that all the existing rulers are, are, see them as threats to their throne. And so they, they just basically decide that they, they, tr they, they uh, drum up some fake charge against them, uh, accuse them of rape, accuse them of uh, any number of bad things, being in charge of the local slavers' union. Basically just they, they bad PR them out of there, yeah. Well, they can put they can put a price on his head yeah. or her head, and so she ha they have to flee. You know, the smart ones actually turn themselves in, collect the bounty, and then escape. <laughs> With and then use the bounty to 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 uh, uh, underwrite their uh, uh, you know their their adventures and then their final return. It's the seed money to to start their career in raising enough money to clear their name. Right, yeah. and and piracy is is a good example of that. Hmm. Yeah, I, I'm not saying it actually happened anywhere for <laughs> real, but if you had a, a if you, you stole a lot of money and then you know or whatever, and then you go and steal a boat. Let's say you steal like a, and then you're out there as a pirate and you attack, you know, anybody who comes up against you. You know, and if you're if you're really that good, then you're going to succeed, and eventually. Uh, you know the powers of be are going to say it's too much expense. Just leave them alone. They're out. He's out there in the middle. He or she is out there in the middle of the ocean. She's not causing us any problems. Just leave them alone. Yeah. Yeah. And that ends until you decide that it's time for you to return. This is Bruce Sheffer saying there are a million million worlds out there. So go explore them. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. Gaming on the Frontier podcast is wholly owned by its hosts. It is released under the Creative Commons 3.0 license. No commercial reproduction and any use of any element of the podcast must be attributed to the Gaming on the Frontier podcast.
Hi, this is Trav from the Travcast. Listen to me Tuesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on listen.dementiaradio.org colon 8027.